so good today? Who? Mr. Magoo. Oh, no! Sad poor Mr. Magoo. What makes you feel better when you're sick? Medicine! I heard medicine! And that's what we're going to talk about today. Medicine. Now, can anyone tell me what this is? That's right. Pills make us feel so much better when we're sick. My mommy says pills can hurt you. Oh, not if you follow the prescribed FDA regulations. What's FDA? Oh, good question, Sally. FDA stands for Food and Drug Administration. Who knows how a pill gets approved by the FDA? There are three steps to the FDA approval process. The first step, the scientist has to invent a pill that makes people better. The second step, the scientist needs to test the pill on lots and lots of people. And the third step, if the pill works, the scientist sends the test results to the FDA for approval! Why can't the FDA do the testing? The FDA doesn't have the money <laughs> or the resources to do the testing. Couldn't the scientists just lie about the test results? Now, Jimmy, why would a scientist lie about test results? To make lots of money. Okay, but that's why we have the FDA to stop scientists from lying. What if the scientists promise the FDA some of the money? Like a bribe? Yeah! yeah. yeah. FDA would never accept a bribe. <laughs> How do you know? You know what? Uh, I think Mr. Magoo is feeling better. Oh, I hear him purring. Oh, I feel good. The pill made me feel all better. Is Mr. Magoo addicted to pills now? What's addicted me? My dad says my mom is addicted to quailies. Okay. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. I'm Sam. I am. Welcome to the Lifeboats live stream. So we attempted to do this in the last show, got a little sidetracked off into Aliens. That was a fun episode that we did a couple weeks ago. Tonight, we are actually going to jump into part two of the Ethical Skeptics um, series on kind of laying out his case. So if you remember, we covered part one, and that was really about his data and his uh, methodology, how he, what he included, what he excluded, how he kind of uh, took the MMWR data through his process. And he also laid out his justifications for why he did it his way and also, you know, why it would be wrong if you did it a different way in responding to some of the skeptics out there. Well, in part two that we've got right here, He's titled it, Houston, the CDC has a problem. And in this uh, part of the, of the series here, he's really going to go into 
the CDC's worldview and what they're trying to get us to believe. And it's pretty obvious that they are engaged in massive fraud and deception, and it is costing people their lives. You know, he, uh, on his Twitter post right here, he's got this graphic that I think is uh, very telling and, and should be something that you guys think about in context of just what's been done to humanity, not just Americans, but to the world, really, because this was the, the CDC, the FDA, Fauci, and the others were the ringleaders of this criminal enterprise. And it shows this, these increasing circles from the, uh, of death, basically, from the Korean War, the Vietnam War, World War I was 116,000, World War II was 405,000, the American Civil War was 654,000. And with COVID, when you add in uh, non-natural deaths, uh, the basically missed treatments from the lockdowns, that's uh, 441,000. The non-natural deaths were 134,000. And then you've got this factor V and sudden deaths. His, what his work has uncovered right now, excess deaths above the normal, is at 407,700 people since that MMWR week 14 back in, I think it was April 20th time frame. And if you total those three up, the missteps in the COVID response are responsible, in his opinion, for 983,910 deaths and counting. That is absolutely going to go over a million deaths. So that is the scale of this democide that has been sort of foisted upon us. And what we've been through is really a modern day holocaust because they didn't use force. They didn't throw us on trains and into cattle cars and take us to the camps. Although in some places they did like China and that is still happening and they are starting to revolt over there. But they did, at least in the United States, use every form of coercion and peer pressure and uh, engaged the mainstream corporate media to push this narrative as hard as they could. They spent billions and billions of dollars to convince you that these gene transfection therapies that they would like you to believe are a vaccine are 100% safe and effective. And it's absolutely something that you should go and take to protect not just you, but grandma, right? So, okay, with the stage set, let's jump in here. Uh, he starts out, as we survey the sizable array of loose ends and speciously categorized data, it becomes readily apparent that the CDC is exhibiting all the symptoms of an organization which is constrained under the burden of a set of con-paradigm walking dead theories regarding COVID mortality. Official data is compromised so as to portray disinformation is the warning sign that an entity ostensibly one granted a government authorized monopoly under joint action to serve the American public is no longer serving science nor their fellow citizen. Rather, only social doctrines and out-of-control politics. Exactly what we have happening today. Kun is credited with the, uh, the, with the proposition that science does not evolve gradually towards truth, but rather it tends to anchor itself to a paradigm. And we talked about this in the show a couple of weeks ago. Hopefully the ethical skeptic hasn't disowned me over that one. But uh, it's this idea where, and we're going to go through it here in a little more detail, but 
something comes along that challenges the paradigm and there's a lot of resistance and pushback against it, but there is sort of this method and this is what the ethical skeptics and others are using to sort of combat this paradigm that we find ourselves facing where the public health entities are just in a bubble of their own creation and the whole thing is a lie and the truth is readily apparent apparent and obvious to anyone who's paying attention and the ethical skeptic certainly falls in that category and he has just done i think an incredible job here of really laying out the fraud and the uh misrepresentation on the behalf of the CDC to the American public and to the world, really. Okay. Uh, so talking about this con uh, process does not evolve gradually towards truth, but rather tends to anchor itself to a paradigm, a construct, a notion, or a hypothesis, which bears the risk of remaining in play long past its shelf life. A theory thus can metastasize into a type of cult zombie or walking dead notion, if you will. Kahn proposed that science therefore advances by what he called a paradigm shift and not merely by gradualism, meaning, well, we get new data and then we come in and we tweak the model here and there and we just get better and better and no, no, no. That's how we get to dark matter. Oh, we, we have this thing we can't explain, the motion of the galaxies. What is going on here? Well, it must be that 70% of the universe is made up of stuff we just can't see because that's the number we'd need to make what we're seeing fit our model, not how could our model not be accounting for what's going on, right? And that's how these sort of disruptions occur. It's, a, it's not a gradual tweaking. It's a disruptive process. Uh, let's see, come proposed that science therefore advances with the, what he called a paradigm shift and not merely by gradualism, nor especially through assertion of a set of conforming or convoluted explanatory gimmicks like dark matter. Such paradigm shifts occur in the particular circumstance where a current theory cannot sufficiently explain a phenomenon and a coherent set of counter observations have begun to accrue. And we went through that in the last episode a little bit how they start, you get this new paradigm, it's installed, relativity, for example, and then people start sort of going out exploring the fringes and there start to, cracks start to appear basically in the theory, like, well, this isn't working. It doesn't seem to be applied over here. What could be wrong? So, you know, really what it's going to take is something that is strong enough to over upset the apple cart, connect enough with, existing science in these existing areas and say, yep, it, conf it confirms this, it confirms that over there, it confirms this up here, but it doesn't work for relativity is, you know, to give one example there. Okay. Such paradigm sh shifts occur in the particular circumstance where a current theory cannot sufficiently explain a phenomenon and a coherent set of counter observations have begun to accrue. A scientific revolution occurs when one, there is a new construct can be inferred directly from a set of these counter observations. That's the, the new theory, right? That, uh, so what we went through in the last show was that uh, momentum is a quantum effect and not simply uh, relativity, okay? Uh, two, this novel paradigm offers superior explanatory power regarding the objective observed reality. And three, the new paradigm runs heterogeneous heterogeneous to established zombie theory or narrative. It 
upsets the apple cart. A zombie theory is oftentimes one which is sponsored and enforced by a syndicate. It will tend to be flagged for proactive support by its philosophical sycophants, uh, associated social movement or allied political party, the Democrats, social media, uh, the mainstream media, and the you know doctors and on the boards that given these positions of power and prominence because they're out there to repeat the narrative. And they've bought into the lies that were put forth by the CDC. Such activity, of course, lends no credibility whatsoever to the theory's actual scientific validity. When protection of a syndicate-sponsored idea becomes more important than the integrity of the science itself, remember Fauci is the science, this is a particular form of zombie theory which the ethical skeptic, skeptic, which ethical skepticism calls an omega hypothesis. We identified a mode and form of inference which we coined as heteroduction. So this is sort of the counter to this omega hypothesis is what he's explaining. When <clears throat> sort of science and reason has gone out the window, they are fabricating data to hide you know, the, pro- the cracks in the dams, so to speak. And you have this orthodoxy and it's more of a cult-like don't question the vaccines are 100% safe and effective for pregnant women, despite no tests on pregnant women, right? Heteroduction is the very process of scientific inference, which undertakes step one of the scientific revolution cycle identified by Cotton. Heteroduction becomes of paramount, paramount importance in the presence of an enforced omega hypothesis. He thinks, the ethical skeptic thinks that it is really the only counter to it and kind of what he was explaining with sort of the philosophy behind his um, conclusions was that it is the only valid counter and it should be accepted and incorporated into like official science as a way to uh, challenge an existing theory. Okay. Um, Oh, shoot. Okay. A corporation or political movement can become so fixated upon an established zombie theory that its prevailing elements can rule as a form of pluralistic ignorance inside corporate ranks for years or decades, especially inside entities which do not operate in a market and lack public scrutiny or competition. Government-granted monopolies, right? That is exactly what that's talking about. And this is where the uh, Elgato Mallow, the bad cat, did that article about uh, the Kung Fu and how, you know, they, they, they just, they're not tested. They're not out there getting in fights because they're all giving themselves credentials and patting themselves on the back. And uh, the whole process has just become so corrupted that it's, it's not valid anymore, really. Because this is, this has been sort of pushed to the spot, to the side heteroduction and, labeled conspiracy theory or misinformation or whatever by the orthodoxy that's that's driving this narrative okay okay uh the entity or corporation will adopt a form of willful blindness towards its own fobbles and fraud in support of its omega hypothesis vaccines are 100 percent safe and effective even for pregnant women go get your booster See, you're protecting everyone else, even though it doesn't stop infection. 
It will fail to self-check, begin to undertake borderline or even fully unethical activity in order to control what is known, and finally seek to actively suppress any form of dissent inside of its ranks. Have we not seen exactly that with a lot of these doctors who speak out against the even like the childhood vaccines? Getting attacked by his medical board because he did a peer-reviewed study that confirmed what he was saying and they got so mad they suspended him without even holding a hearing or giving him any notice and he sued him and got back but he's you know still can't practice medicine because of all the other requirements so this whole system is just been and what they're doing to dr peter mccullough stripping away his certifications and his titles one by one kicking him off of social media again and again and again with doctor after doctor after doctor who stands up and expresses dissent from within. Those people get crushed. Below are a series of observations, a heteroduction, if you will, signaling the presence of several omega hypotheses in play or at play inside the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC. Specifically, the notion that COVID-19 has itself served as the sole origin of all the observed excess mortality in the U.S. and that we now face merely an aftermath of COVID-19's wake in the form of a pseudo-theory called long COVID. Now, one of the frontline doctors really explained long COVID to me and said, it's, it's real, it's a thing that exists, but it's extremely, extremely rare uh, a very low number of people that catch COVID get long COVID. But what you have is people getting these gene transfection therapies injected into their bodies. It's giving them, it's suppressing their immune system in a number of different ways that we've covered in over the years. And now they have this vaccine induced uh, autoimmune disease and their, their immune system has been suppressed and they become more susceptible and that is long COVID, as, as she explained to me. Uh, so the ethical skeptic goes on here. A pseudo theory is a mere notion that enforced as science, which explains anything, everything, and nothing all at the same time. Both of these no notions have been falsified in spades. As we, let me see, a pseudo theory is a mere notion enforced as science. Okay. So it explains anything that they need it to, right? Like they can sort of, reshape the perspective to make it always good news everything and nothing at all there's all these things that they that it does not explain that conflict with the omega hypothesis that just get pushed to the side that's the nothing right all at the same time so it's just this um giant shell game that really they're playing with people's lives as we begin to examine and pull on the large set of tattered loose threads in the form of the database anomalies exhibited below, it becomes apparent that the CDC is exhibiting all the symptoms of an organization which is operating under the burden of a con paradigm walking dead theory and moreover a politically fueled omega hypothesis. Okay, so here's, you know, he's been looking at this MMWR data and he's found some problems. So he really honed his attention into what the CDC is reporting. Okay. And show is, you know, first he showed, here's what I've, what I've put together, what I've found, the conclusions that I've come to. And now he's showing us, here's what they are saying is reality. And here's why what they're saying can't be true. 
at a reduction. It's brilliant. Okay, so he, now what he's doing here or what he's done to put this together is he's looked at weekly provisional counts of deaths by state and select causes, and he's getting from the Wonder Database provisional mortality statistics. And the, the reports have begun to exhibit two primary and apparent goals once he's pulled this data in and looked at it and analyzed it. He's found two primary apparent goals on the part of the CDC and its agency. The first is they are concealing excess deaths potentially caused by the mRNA gene transfection therapies they desperately like you to believe are vaccines. I might have ad-libbed that little bit in there. Attempting, and the second one is attempting to make mRNA vaccines falsely appear as uber effective in saving lives. They're, you're 12 times more likely to die if, you don't, if you're unvaccinated right? That's, that's one of the claims that we're going to go through. So there's four key issues that he's identified. The first one, the National Vital Statistics System, this is the NVSS, we're going to refer to it, you'll, you'll hear it a few more times, afforded the CDC a time frame inside which it could alter 22 weeks of data. That was the upgrade, right? That was supposed to last two weeks, ended up lasting seven, and we lost, I think it was 52,000 uh, records that just disappeared, and he's broken those down into various categories below that we're going to go through. The CDC surreptitiously removed excess death records from its database and adjusted the policies and techniques as to how ICD-10 mortality codes were populated with state death certificate data thereafter. So they changed the policy. They put in this new policy to be able to manipulate the data in a way that benefited their Omega hypothesis, right? The CDC is employing categorical gaming techniques to conceal dramatic excess non-COVID natural cause mortality. Now, what does he mean by categorical gaming techniques? They're taking uh, these deaths and finding ways to reassign them, stuff them, move them up into the unknown. Some of them are just disappearing, never to be seen from or heard from again. And then they're inventing deaths where they need to, as, as you'll see. Okay. If these excess deaths are not COVID deaths, he's talking about excess non-COVID natural cause mortality. They remember that takes out suicides and things like that, but people die of natural causes. So like cardiovascular related things, cancers, um, and, uh, oh shoot, there's one more in there that I'm blanking on. But anyway, you get the idea. It takes out suicides, things like that, uh, or people that died suddenly adult, sudden adult death syndrome is what I was trying to think of. So this is what he thinks is one of the most valid data sets that we should be looking at when evaluating what's happening. He's going to explain why. If these excess deaths are not COVID deaths and are not vaccine related, as is commonly claimed through appeals to authority, credential, and ignorance, all red herrings there, then there should be no reason to conceal their associated records. Yet that is exactly what's occurring. So number two here. Excess cancer mortality is being concealed through cancer multiple cause of death. This is MCOD, categorical reassignment to COVID-19 underlying cause of death. So that's UCOD. So you've got MCOD, multiple cause of death, and UCOD, underlying cause of death. So what are they doing? Well, we're going to go through it, but essentially they're finding people who are dying of cancer and changing the record so that it looks like they died of COVID. 
And then number three, sudden adult deaths are being concealed by holding pericarditis, myocarditis, conductive heart-related deaths inside these R codes, the R0 through 99. R99 is the big one. This is a temporary disposition bucket far longer than per historical practice. If you remember the first episode, you had that graph where the line went up, would go down and then disappear, and then there'd be a blank spot and it would do it again. That was sort of the backlog of this sort of unknown uh, unusual cause of death. We need to research it more to determine what to do with it. Well, that has been growing higher than it's ever been, and it's taking longer than it's ever taken to clear. Why? Because they're stuffing some of these deaths into that category to hide the truth. At least, I think that's what the the conclusion that uh, the ethical skeptic has led to, and I, I think it's absolutely what's occurring. The CDC is using the exact opposite technique, exploring multiple cause of death death attributions and adding in completely fictitious deaths as well in order to make its mRNA injections appear to be performing better than they are. And number four in this points, uh, the CDC is using multiple cause of death categorical gaming and is creating novel death counts in order to counterfeit an appearance that the unvaccinated are dying at a rate 12 times that of the vaccinated. These four issues are detailed as follows. So with the NV, NVSS uh, upgrade, this provided an opportunity to short and reassign the death records. So remember we had the 52,000. This is the National Vital Statistics System. It was Machiavellian in its timing and opportuni- opportunistic in its focus. I 100% agree with that. There is clearly intent here to defraud the public and mislead the public in order to save their own asses, basically. As of October 2022, the entire evolution appears to have been a charade crafted merely to obfuscate the set of warning indicators and activities outlined in this article. The NVSS system upgrade provided an opportunity for the CDC to develop mechanisms to conceal sudden adult deaths and cancer deaths, and ironically only served to degrade the externally observable overall function and performance of the state-to-CDC reporting process. So what he's referencing there is, you know, they said, hey, that we're doing this upgrade to improve, get rid of the, the lag time between the state's reporting and the CDC doing the national roll-up. So it's going to sort of collapse the window of unknown and give us better data. Because remember, Rochelle came out at the university and talked about how we're going to do better with our data. And that was the, the big push that she sold to her, uh, to her university audience there. Well, turns out that's not the way it worked out. ICD-10 state death certificate record uh, classification was to become tighter as a result of this upgrade. In the end, such benefit failed to manifest. Uh, so you had cancer mortality reporting was sort of the only one that actually improved. It looked like, oh, it's working. See, there's the cancer. But yet, uh, turned out the CDC was work, working quickly to hide cancer deaths. NBSS system upgrade was a failure and only served to provide cover for surreptitious activity on someone's part. So to support that statement, he's got exhibit 1A here. Upgrade was originally for two reporting periods. It turned out seven were impacted along with 22 weeks of shortened mortality data reporting. And he's got his graphs here, and we've looked at these previously. Uh, and what it shows is you've got two plus, about two years of uh, previous history that's showing um, all-cause death data 
uh, cerebrovascular, sad, sudden adult death syndrome, and other, as well as malignant neoplasms. So heart-related stuff, cancer, and all-cause mortality. And they're all sticking very tightly to the baseline, which is, you know, has, is seasonally adjusted. More people die around the holidays, Christmas, and that sort of thing in the, in the winter. Um, but it was, you know, just real, real close, all three of these real, real close to that baseline until we get into the vaccine. And then they start going way, way underreported and like, what's going on here? And he starts drilling into this data. The system upgrade was exploited in order to reduce, in particular, overall other ICD-10 mortality codes, sudden adult deaths, cardiac-related and conductive disorder deaths, and finally, cancers. Of the 51,910 records, which disappeared from the data during the seven-week hiatus, 13,000 roughly were reassigned to other ICD-10 ICD death codes, while 9,300 roughly re records remained missing from the database altogether. 70% of these missing and reassigned records involved death certificates pertaining to sudden adult deaths and cancer deaths. This was not accidental. Those two ridiculously negatively impacted ICD-10 death charts are shown uh, below, although they are silenced now by the successive weeks confirming that we were correct in our assessment, meaning, you know, he, he was suspecting that these would continue to rise and that's exactly what the data is showing we're continuing to see this increase in um natural mortality figures as he's pointing out uh okay there were narrative driven persons who reviewed my material insisted that i use these figures as fact in my analysis so debunk the funk was one of those he comes in and says no here's the current data and everything is fine they're not reporting any they're not seeing any safety signal problems everything is fine here the ethical skeptic is an amateur who doesn't really know how to analyze data which is patently absurd um and so he that was his response to it and i'm sitting there you know i was involved in this debate with him on twitter before i got kicked off and um he's he refuses to acknowledge that the value is in looking at the changes over time, which is what the ethical skeptic has been doing here. Okay. So a detailed audit of the missing death record shows that around 70% of the missing deaths pertain to sudden adult deaths and cancers. This should not have been the case if the drop in death cases were merely a temporary artifact or an aspect of newly showing and compressed lag as claimed. So that was, that was their thing is he also took issue the, the, um, Oh, debunk the funk w was saying, well, he's applying a lag that he's just making up numbers. <laughs> and of course, ethical skeptic responded with why a lag is actually necessary and why it should be applied. And you know, all he really does a great job of making his case. It became readily apparent that these sudden dips in mortality were either erroneous or fraudulent in nature. So the number two here, the categorical concealment of multiple cause of death is the MCOD. So the upgrade, again, afforded the opportunity to both manipulate and excuse its reporting of cancer mortality in order to obfuscate the nine sigma excess in, in this ICD-10 code for cancers. They're at a nine sigma once in billions of years chance of this happening without something being at cause like 
these gene transfection therapies. The first signs of this obfuscation effort manifested immediately after the close of the system upgraded, upgrade through a compression observable in the cancer mortality death lag curve. Okay, so this is where he's getting into why the cancer lag shrank. And he thought, oh, maybe it is working. No, nope, turns out it's not. It's because they are manipulating the data to lie to the people. At first, we attributed this lag curve uh, compression to an actual improvement in record service time to data, as this was the CDC had indicated was the purpose of the upgrade, right? At the end of the NVSS system upgrade, the CDC data drops began to exhibit a separate lag profile for cancer versus all the other ICD-10 code mortalities. It appeared that the cancer was being reported through a separate system from all other state death certificate reporting functionality. As it turns out, as shown in Exhibit 2B through 2D below, the CDC was merely reassigning cancer, cancer multiple cause of death records as COVID-19 underlying cause of death, MCOD versus UCOD, when COVID-19 was the MCOD listing on the death certificate. They did this 100% of the time, equating to around 350 to 450 deaths per week that they are hiding. This service time improvement, air quotes, presented as nothing more than a root, presented as nothing more than a ruse. The reason cancer deaths were hitting their long-term figure levels as soon as week four, all others took 12 weeks, meaning the, the records are getting... Um, assigned. Okay. So if we go back up here to this chart right here, you can see there's this line and then it kind of slopes way down. Well, what that's showing, and then the blue line there is this sort of gentle arc underneath it. What that's showing is they were getting those cancer records fixed like that and assigned and, you know, basically uh, assigned and put away. And those are done and they're ready. They're good to go on those. Whereas everything else was still taking 10, 12 weeks. Okay. So something, for some reason, they're treating these cancer deaths at this nine sigma high differently than all the others. Why? And this is where he dug in and found what they were doing. Okay. Uh, the reason cancer deaths were hitting their uh, long-term figure levels as soon as week four all the other ones were taking 12 weeks, okay, was because cancer deaths were being reassigned to COVID-19 UCOD deaths or were being removed from the data altogether after week two or minus two. When one matches the MCOD only cancer death count and COVID deviation from trend to the UCOD cancer only deviation from trend, once one can once can observe that 100% of the MCOD cancer COVID death records are being given a COVID-19 underlying cause of death, UCOD. Okay. So I, I know that's a little wordy for those of you that are just listening here, but there's this graphic right here that kind of lays it out at the top there on the, where you see the A and, and COVID next to it. That's the immediate cause of death. Like uh, what happened and then down below, the underlying cause is listed as cancer. Well, what are they doing when they go in, the CDC goes in and changes these records? That's what B is right here. So COVID stays as the immediate cause of death, okay? And then COVID also becomes the underlying cause of death, and cancer is being listed as, you know, a, a 
contributing factor as a secondary cause of death. So what does that do? It takes this and instead of being reported as a cancer death, it reports it as a COVID death. And that's, that's how they're hiding this nine sigma uh, cancer epidemic that we're facing. And this is why, you know, like uh, debunk the funk and some of the other skeptics or basically paid opposition um, are out there saying, no, no, there's no cancer epidemic. Everything is fine. Look at the numbers here. They are, but they, they can't address this. They, they can't acknowledge this reality that these records are being altered by the CDC. And that's what the ethical skeptic is, I think, doing such a brilliant job of pointing out here. Okay. All right. Uh, this quotient of cancer uh, death reassignment to COVID-19 UCOD was not well thought out by the CDC at all. They left a loose end, an Irish pennant hanging about, and we caught it. Since the NVSS system upgrade, a full 25% of all COVID mortality each week has just happened to be people also dying of cancer. Such constitutes an impossibility in this important mortality account ledger, one which is analogous to the same species of mistake an embezzler might make. And he says, uh, please note here in a footnote that I have more than my share of embezzlers caught and intelligence cases broken during my career. I'm well qualified in this professional activity. And, uh, you know, this is same kind of stuff I used to do with the telephone networks, finding fraud where people were arbitraging the, uh, the phone companies for millions of dollars. And so this is kind of why I can, I think make a little more sense of this data than most people. Uh, of course, ethical skeptic takes it to another level entirely. Uh, anyway. Okay. In 2022, around one quarter of all COVID-19 death victims, suddenly also happened to be dying of cancer. This was not the case thir throughout any other period during the pandemic. The ratio was normally around 5.3% of people who died with, with COVID had cancer. Now it's 25% roughly. Uh, and he's saying the 5.3% is high. It, it's itself is also high. The only way this overappointment can happen as if COVID is being assigned trivially, trivially to cancer patients so that COVID-19 may further then be assigned as the underlying cause of death, thereby reducing the ICD-10 cancer tally accordingly, right? So they're, this is a categorical gaming that he's talking about. They're moving them by adding COVID as the underlying cause of death and moving cancer to a secondary they're rigging the numbers to take it out of the cancer category and put it into the COVID category, or in some cases, just disappear in the record, right? In other words, a categorical gaming of cancer death tallies. This was an undisclosed policy change, which occurred during the system upgrade. The net effect shorting of 350 to 450 cancer death records each week when those death records are added back to the data as they were prior to the system upgrade, the cancer mortality tr trend resumes its nine sigma cancer death excess, which was observed immediately prior to the system upgrade. And the cancer provisional lag comes back into alignment with the lag observed inside all of the other ICD-10 codes. So his data proves, you know, there's a correlation that no, this is a nine sigma and what you guys are doing is hiding it. 
If one removes merely 75% of the MCOD cancer COVID as a percentage of total UCOD COVID-19 mortality and assigns these deaths correctly, suddenly ICD-10 underlying cause of death cancer mortality lag comes back into alignment with all the other ICD-10 code mortality and cancer mortality returns to its nine sigma excess level as well. The level it had attained where the when the MVS, MVSS system upgrade was declared. Is that, and he's asking, is this manifestly ignorant or malicious timing? And I think it's absolutely, these guys have been caught red-handed. They know it. They're hoping to save themselves and lie their way through this. Accordingly, this is proof that cancer deaths are being concealed by the CDC as COVID-19 deaths. 100% agree. Not satisfied with a mere reassessment assignment of cancer deaths over to COVID-19 death tallies, the CDC took this one step further and simply removed another 40 to 75 cancer death records from the MMWR database altogether each and every week for the last 18 weeks. Is such a record reduction uh normal? And that's an unequivocal no. Almost 100% of the provisional death records end up rising, not dropping during the lag and provisional reporting period. Uh, This drop in cancers, it's it's indicative of an exemption, exception activity at play on part of those managing the MMWR reporting databases is the wonder data uh, that he's he's pulling. And essentially what he's doing is calling out the people that are running this MMWR database and letting them know, hey, you guys are absolutely engaged in fraud here and engaged in a cover-up, and it's costing people's lives. In light of the full set of nefarious activities centered on obfuscation, both uh, SADS and cancer mortality, this exception, too, is indicative of fraud underway. So the CDC is removing 40 to 75 cancer deaths, He's got this this gray line, and you can sort of see it. It's right over here for those of you watching. There's there's some lines that are going up. These are like cancer deaths, and then there's a little gray line that tracks just a a little bit higher, meaning a little bit more. And those are on on two of those numbers. Those are the deaths that are just disappeared, and that's the 18 weeks that he was referencing earlier, where they're just you know, we just got too many. Let's just get rid of some of them. So the, that's the gray line marked down to the orange or blue line as applicable. Um, so one of those is neoplasms with COVID-19. The other is uh, neoplasms. And this is all ages. Okay. This indicates both an undisclosed policy change during the system upgrade period, as well as a desire, desire to obfuscate as many cancer deaths as a shrug of plausible deniability might allow. And they'll say, oh, we made mistakes. We didn't know we were throwing those records away. And it will be just about as believable as Sam Bankman Fried saying, oh, that 8 billion that we lost, we just, it was a simple oversight. We thought we were double counting it and that's how we went bankrupt. I mean, it's, it's bullshit. They absolutely used this upgrade to cover their tracks and put in new policies that would allow them to manipulate this data to continue misleading the public. And as I've said many times, gaslighting them to their graves. That is their plan. 
They hope that they can get away with mass murder. Even 18 weeks after the attending physician or hospital has filed the final death certificate, these are changes, 18 weeks later, they're going back and, oh, nope, that wasn't a cancer death. It was a COVID death. <laughs> Desperate attempts to obfuscate cancer mortality data by observing the ICD sub-subcode for ill-defined and secondary site cancers this is an ICD-10 sub-subcode, which normally makes up around 15% of all cancer deaths each week, post, uh, each week, okay? And then post-week 14 of 2021, that's the turning point, this sub-subcode suddenly composes 42%. So it went from 15% to 42% of all novel excess cancer mortality. That's the important figure that he wants us looking at. And he's got the source linked there. The CDC is particularly concerned about obfuscating the data for this category of entropy indicating cancer mortality. By observing the stark but false rise in case fatality rates, comparatively, the same chart for Europe shows no such rise. Okay, so they're trying to say, and we're getting into sort of this part where they're hiding this, it proves that they're using these sort of stash boxes, I guess, to, to put away these deaths. And when you look at Europe, the same thing is not happening because they're not engaged in the cover-up in the same way, I guess. The world does not exhibit this CFR case fatality rate rise either. Only the U.S. is stoking fear and hiding panic mistakes by means of false death accounting. Okay. And remember, all through over the last couple years when we were looking at data from these CDC studies, as they claim they were, it always showed a net positive benefit to their paradigm or narrative of like 20 to 30% versus everywhere else in the world. And that, and that was one of the questions that I posed to you guys over and over. How is it that everything in America that comes from the CDC looks completely different from everywhere else in the world? A paradox exists with regard to sudden uh, young person and adult cardiac and anomalous deaths observable since mid-2021. Tens of thousands of cases of young persons dying suddenly in their sleep or after a sporting event are believed by purported reduction in sudden cardiac death claimed by the CDC and pharmaceutical industry trolls. So remember, what did they tell us? You know, he's, he's giving an antidote here. One of my kids group of friends, a healthy young man who just finished college and was filled with hopes and dreams died suddenly in his sleep of conductive heart failure several months ago. No drugs or alcohol uh, were involved. We were asked to believe that these deaths happen all the time and we were just not paying attention to them before. Right. And that was what they told us about the FIFA when we saw all these soccer players falling over, having heart attacks and so forth. They're like, oh, that 109, that's perfectly normal. Here's, uh, you know, some analysis that shows that this happens all the time. And of course, with the Canadian doctors and debunk the funk, I brought that up when there were 18. Now it's over a hundred and I think it's 103 or 109, some, somewhere in there. Dead Canadian doctors that were practicing medicine and then died suddenly or developed cancer that was aggressive and just really not fair. Remember those, those articles. Well, how did he respond to that? I gave him the example of here's three that died in one week 
And he responded with an article from like four years ago of a young, of a 30 something doctor who died suddenly and said, well, I mean, was this one from the vaccine? Cause this was before COVID. I'm like, okay, there's a little bit of a difference between one from a few years ago and three in one week. You can't comprehend, you know, basic statistics and probabilities. Either we got a, we got a problem or your paycheck depends on you not understanding it. And I think that's the case with debunk the funk, unfortunately. Uh, okay. So that, those were kind of their claims and he's saying bullshit. This is the same type of farce, which was played upon us as parents of a child newly diagnosed with permanent disability encephalitis from vaccine injury years ago. I recognize the stick. This is gaslighting, gaslighting to your grave. Absolutely. It's what they're doing. And all of these vaccines, I mean, I've been digging into the history this week, listening to some other podcasts, mysterious universe that did a great one on this where they just explained how, yeah, there have been warning signs and whistleblowers and they've been attacked and, you know, placed in physical danger and all sorts of craziness to ring that cash register and make that money for these pharmaceutical companies. Okay. He's also pointing out that in, in his model and so forth, fentanyl and drug abuse deaths are, those are accounted for separately and not in this data. So that's another thing uh, scapegoat that the skeptics like to use even though it's not even in there it's already excluded deaths deaths were resolved 90 percent to their final icd-10 depositions across about three to 12 weeks not only has this bucket of death and i think we're talking here about uh the well i don't know we'll find out here as one may observe in exhibit 3a below let's look Okay, yeah, we're talking about the R codes, the R99. Um, not only has this bucket of deaths grown by 70% since its introduction of the mRNA vaccines into the U.S. population, but as well, the CDC has decided to cease resolving these deaths to their final ICD-10 dip, uh, disposition. So <clears throat> this is what he's pointing out, and we covered this. Let me make it full screen for you guys. Um, we've covered this previously and you can see there's these lines that go up and then down a little bit and then they disappear. What that is, is a backlog of, uh, these sort of anomalous deaths that they can't categorize. They're unknown. It's something unusual. It takes more investigation before we finally put it into one of the proper categories for what happened. And so they would let those build up a little bit and then start working on them and then get them all cleared. And then time would pass and they'd start building up again and they'd work on them and then get them all cleared. And that would go on and on. Um, until here. Okay. And in 2022, they've let them grow and grow and grow and increase by 70% over what they've previously done. And they're just leaving them in there. They're not really making an effort to clear them out. Why? Because this is one of their stash boxes for these excess deaths. They're trying to sweep it under the rug anywhere they can and spread it out. So it's less notable that they're engaged, noticeable that they're engaged in fraud. Okay. Uh, so <clears throat> this has resulted in an estimated, let me get a drink here. Hold on. This has resulted in an estimated 35,600 abnormal clinical and lab finding pericarditis, myocarditis, and conductive disorder deaths, 
which are not being accounted for in the U.S. cardiac mortality, thereby artificially depressing those ICD-10 mortality trend curves and allaying the conscious nightmares of the pharmaceutical executive board members of the CDC. So what did that just say? Basically, by using this sort of cubbyhole right here where they're stuffing using R99, the R codes to leave these deaths as anomalous and well, we don't know what happened and we just haven't figured it out. What they've done is significantly reduced the levels of pericarditis, myocarditis, conductive disorder deaths. Why? Because those are the major effects of these gene transfection injections. And that's one of the, another one of the ways that they're hiding them. He says, this too is no different than embezzlement of expense money or tax fraud inside of a corporation or a charity accounting ledger. Jim and Tammy Faye Baker would be impressed. <laughs> in June of 2022, commensurate with its system upgrade, in air quotes appropriately, the CDC has begun using this R0 through 99, primarily R99, as a repository to conceal sudden adult deaths from arriving into their final ICD-10 code disposition heart attack, that sort of thing, thereby concealing the escalation in pericarditis, myocarditis, conductive heart deaths among especially young adults because they've got other cuts of this data that show by the age group. And that's very problematic that now all of a sudden it's the younger age groups that typically weren't uh, affected by these uh, diseases and so forth. Okay. If one assigns a mere 18% of these anomalous uh, and heavily cardiac deaths to younger persons. That's 18% of the R99 codes. Back to the wonder data uh, concerning myocarditis, pericarditis, and conductive heart disorder death, one gets a 22 sigma increase in mortality in uh, subgroups since MMWR week 14 of 2021. So cancer is at a nine sigma. All of the heart-related stuff heart attacks, sudden adult death syndrome, so forth, the vax noodles, uh, and so on. 22 sigma, like off the charts, impossible. Th th there is something at cause here, and we all know what it is. Unless you're, you work for the CDC, apparently. My fear is that far more than 18% of these buckets uh, hold and unresolved deaths involve abnormal and clinical findings related to pericarditis, myocarditis, and conductive heart disorders, and the CDC is concealing a tsunami of a problem. This is a human rights crime. These are absolutely 100% crimes against humanity. This is democide. They are mass murdering their people. And this is what happens over and over and over again through history. This is a symptom of having power, having a monopoly on violence over others. This is the road that it leads down eventually because that power can't be checked as it can in a truly free market, but taking us down another road with that one. All right. In the cases where there is no COVID-19 listed on the death certificate, we're at an all time high in heart related deaths for the entire pandemic period. Diseases of the heart and uncertain related disorders are at an all time high as of MMWR week 38 in 2022. Yet you will find pundit after pundit inexplic inex 
inexpertly declaring that we do not have a problem with heart-related deaths. I have never seen a 20 sigma run in an ICD-10 code with this many weekly deaths attributed to it as a portion of overall mortality. This is extraordinary. These excess diseases of the heart and the uh, R codes are not a result of COVID itself, despite the 2020 sympathy curves. And he's got an exhibit here, um, exhibit 3C. Well, we'll get to it. I, or did we pass it already? No, I don't know. Okay, <laughs> let's keep going. Uh, this infection, inflection and post-inflection signal should be lighting off warning alarms in all corridors of public health, yet it is not. So, uh, okay, so these excess deaths of the heart and related disorders, there's this 2020 sympathy curves, meaning the, the, those disorders sort of spiked during the COVID period. And so, but he's saying it is not that this is a lingering effect of COVID. This is long COVID kind of thing. And why does he say that? The combination of concilient inductive strength reduced by convergent deduction is tantamount to proof, meaning concilient inductive strength. Remember the things where he said, look, if we take these missing deaths and we plug them back in, cancers are still on this nine sigma curve. If we take this one and plug it back in, it fills in this gap perfectly and everything makes sense again. That's his concilient inductive strength that he's laid out, reduced by convergent deduction, and he's sort of drilled into what they've done to manipulate the data, and he's saying that is tantamount to proof. And that's sort of kind of his, I guess, idea that this should be an effective challenge in science, that this needs to be this sort of approach should should be a mainstream part of science. Okay, and he's saying, he goes on, sorry, pundits, your appeals to ignorance have only served to harm people. Absolutely. Categorical, this is the fourth one of the, of the four that major problems that we're going into detail on. And this is the categorical, categorical exploitation of COVID-19 MCOD to coerce the public with case fatality rate disinformation regarding vaccine effectiveness. They invented unvaccinated deaths to be able to go out and claim that, well, if you're unvaccinated, you're 12 times or 11 times more likely to die of COVID. And they sat there and said it with a straight face even though it was a big lie and that's what his data exposes or his analysis exposes with their own data. That's the amazing part is like, he's not, he's just using their own data, their own words against them, their own facts that they present as reality. And he's showing conflict and then tying in, Oh, by the way, if you adopt my worldview, those pieces fit over here perfectly. And it explains everything that we're seeing. My hypothesis not your Omega hypothesis that's just driven by propaganda and threats and intimidation and falsified data. Okay, so in exhibit, uh, he's got an exhibit for a one lays witness the accounting wherein suddenly MCOD, COVID-19 deaths, are assumed to be the UCOD in solely the unvaccinated cohort. And so he shows this below. COVID-19 MCOD tally for the week was 2,650 MCOD deaths in the over 50 category. 
The CDC had to convert 841 MCOD deaths to UCOD for that week and assign them only to the unvaccinated and manufacture an additional 548 uh, deaths more in that same cohort in order to make the unvaccinated appear to have a 12x case fatality rate as compared to the vaccinated cohorts. Okay. This sleight of hand was accomplished in a sampling study, one where a reverse projection check was never done. Well, guess what? He does that. In order to make sure that the results of this inductive projection study were sound, or in this instance, even possible. These results are not mathematically possible. This is coercion of intent of innocent citizens by means of purposeful disinformation and constitutes fraud. Okay. So let me see if I can sort of cover this for you guys. He's what, what you're seeing here are uh, some lines in, in some graphs, weekly deaths, and then cases below that. And the black line, that's the unvaccinated. And then below that, you've got the partial and boosted uh, categories in the blue and purple. And those are much lower and much flatter. Whereas the unvaccinated man is just taken off because all the uh, severe death and illness, winter of severe death and illness for the unvaccinated, right? Well, it turns out he went in and he looked at their other data set. Okay. And when he compared them, he found a bit of a discrepancy. In fact, almost 1400 deaths that were added by the CDC. It's 77% increase. Okay. So invalid incorporation of multiple cause of death records to inflate the unvaccinated cohort apparent death rate. If one does a reverse projection soundness check on the cohort mortality rates published by the CDC, meaning look at another source for these uh, deaths and make sure the numbers still match up after our uh, massaging of the data. And you compare that to the actual MMWR report deaths for that same week, one finds that the rates of mortality require an addition of 77% more deaths, all of which are added into the unvaccinated cohort by the sampling studies referenced. So they, they um, seeked out the unvaccinated records and manipulated or created those essentially. Why? Because, well, they, yeah, they're trying to get away with murder basically and keep the lie going that, you know, you need to get these shots. Everybody should get these shots. Okay. Uh, so here's his chart and let me blow that up a little bit so you guys can see it. Uh, those of you watching, you can see this chart up here. He's got actual COVID deaths by week in green. That's the MMWR weekly report. And then this is what they were reporting to get that 12x number. And, and they've over uh, these several weeks here, they've inflated the deaths by taking cases as deaths in the unvaccinated and invented 12,000, uh, basically 12,500 uh, extra deaths that didn't really happen. Okay. And that's what he did was compare those two sources and showed uh, Houston, we have a problem. And then when he looked into it further right here, what he's showing, these are in the, in the very bottom line, you've got the green, gray, and purple lines. They're relatively flat, got a little hump there. 
uh, in the summer of uh, 2022. But then you've got this sort of orange line that, that is way above that. And what that's showing you is how high it would be to get that sort of 12x uh, number. And then blue is the blue from up here, the excess deaths that they, the, the sur, uh, superfluous deaths that they created, invented out of thin air by miscounting uh, the data, so intentionally miscounting the data because look at it, it tracks almost perfectly with what they need to push their narrative of 11, 12x more likely to die of COVID if you're unvaccinated narrative. Okay. So that's what he's laying bare here and, and calling them out for what they've done. Note that the 18 day separation between the two death arrivals, there is no doubt therefore that the CDC and or the surveillance hospital networks feeding this analysis have manufactured superfluous deaths and inserted them into the unvaccinated cohort death rolls in order to fabricate a misleadingly high fatality rate among the unvaccinated as compared to the vaccinated. And what, what else do we know that the hospitals did? Remember you had uh, Barbara, I can't remember her last name, but she talked about how she went, went around and checked the patient status, vaccinated, unvaccinated, and uh, then checked with the family. Is, is this patient, is your relative, family, loved one, whatever, vaccinated? And <clears throat> most of them were wrong. And what it turned out to be, if they were vaccinated, injected in the hospital network, then the hospital would have that record. But if they went to you know a drugstore, Walgreens, CVS, something like that, to get the shot, then it wouldn't show it and the hospital wouldn't ask and would assume that they were unvaccinated, right? And also what do we have during the testing period, during the whole lockdown? Once the, the shots start getting rolled out, they changed the CT value for the PCR test, the cycle threshold. If you're vaccinated, I think it was like 16. If you're unvaccinated, well, go ahead and ramp that baby up to 45. Why? because it would prevent present a false narrative. These guys have been engaged in this fraud from the beginning. And, and it goes all the way back to the, some of the first vaccines, right? These things call, have caused death and destruction time and time again. They've created a, more disease than they've ever prevented. And this whole thing is just rests upon a lie. And this is just the logical extension of that lie getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Because, you know, Fauci, what did he do? The exact same thing with HIV. And that heist netted him, uh, I think it was three or five billion dollars to the to his organization, which he then gets to dole out to his friends for influence and jobs and book deals later. And now with COVID, boy, man, did they ring the cash register. They got tens of billions of dollars this time. They made HIV look like Sunday picnic. And of course the whole, <laughs> we can go on, but I don't want to get sidetracked here. Let's keep going. But anyway, he's right. They have just been engaged in fraud. This whole system is corrupted to the core, top to bottom. The gap suggests that the following protocol was used to fabricate this cohort differential Condition one below conforms with 
case arrivals and not the actual arrival of COVID deaths 18 days later. So number one, so what they would do, if you had an unvaccinated status plus any underlying cause of death or uh, plus non, non-socomal COVID, meaning you catch COVID at the hospital or no COVID, then you equal a COVID death. So if you're unvaccinated and you die and you have COVID or not, then you're a COVID death. If you're vaccinated and you have COVID and you die, then you're definitely not a COVID death was what the data is showing. What he's seen their data proves is, is what they're doing behind the scenes. It's the deductive portion. Okay. In other words, die of anything yet also be unvaccinated. Then you died of the suspected COVID you caught upon entering the hospital or hospice. Hence a peak symptom. Uh, sympathetic with cases 18 days early. If vaccinated, then one could not possibly have had COVID nor especially severe COVID. Therefore, one didn't die of COVID. A self-fulfilling model which functions upon the circular logic of constraints alone. One gets only that for which they constrain. So, you know, they're only looking at data that gives them the answer they want to hear. And we've seen that over and over and over again over the last two years. Okay. Moreover, the superfluous deaths quantified above in Exhibit 4B cannot be reconciled in any other fashion when constrained by the CDC model published above. The only place this magnitude of death differential can be accommodated in the CDC model is by stuffing the superfluous death count for the period inside a skewed comparative and the unvaccinated cohort death rate is the only one large enough to accommodate this large superfluous death count. Thus, the unvaccinated death counts are falsely inflated and the cohort differentials are fraud. Okay, hopefully that made sense. But essentially, they created these deaths to fit their narrative and I'm not sure I completely understand where he's going with this 18-day gap here between the cases and the deaths and how they created them, but I don't know. Okay, well, I want to keep going and get through this here. Okay, he's got an addendum here, the Yule Simpson effect inside all-cause mortality. And the ethical skeptic goes on, it should be noted that the CDC attempts to define a pandemic and furthermore expresses its pandemic updates in terms of all-cause mortality, okay? As an epidemiological professionals in this case, they should not be using such a misleading metric. Pandemic risk at this juncture needs to be evaluated in terms of excess non-COVID natural cause mortality, the one he uses, This metric offers an indication of the risk from non-COVID death causes, as one can see in Exhibit 6 below. Excess non-COVID natural cause mortality is an alarming 13.3% excess, while all-cause mortality excess stands at a rather nominal 3.3%. Okay, so they're using the one that shows, oh, all-cause deaths are only at 3.3% higher. This is just... These are minor after effects of COVID-19 when the reality is when you sort of pare it down to what we would see, you know, if people were injured by these gene transfection therapies, that's a 13.3% higher than the baseline. 
All-cause mortality can therefore be deceptive when used as a standalone metric. Reader, be cautious of public health pundits, all of them. I'll just, I'll just leave it there. If they're talking, they're likely lying to you. The CDC continues to issue its pandemic summary data in the form of all-cause mortality, ACM. This tenders a falsely rosy depiction of the state of the pandemic. That's the 3.3%. Uh, whereas the pull forward effect, the rapid decline in COVID deaths, excess COVID natural cause mortality is a better defining statistic. All cause mortality only serves to conceal excess deaths during the tail of the, of a pandemic to date, the CDC refuses to use this important statistic in advising our government and public health officials. You will only find it published by the Azagal skeptic. Okay. Exhibit six serves to confirm the claims made in sections one through four of this article, those four points that we just went through. The level of excess natural cause death, which is not COVID itself, is around 13.3% to the excess of where it should be. And even given a 1.1% baseline growth in the, the death rate that he's sort of whittled down to here. And you can see he's got the chart here He's showing, you know, it's tracked the baseline until about 2021. And then you've got that MMWR week 14 right over here. And this line that's going up and up, those are the excess deaths. And it's marked here as uh, 385,000, but now it's 407,000. And it's, I think, 7,300 a week right now. I think I've been saying 8,000. I might have been mistaken about that. Okay. Uh, excess non-COVID natural cause uh, mortality as a metric serves to filter out the distractions of COVID-19 as well as mortality from accidents, overdoses, and assaults, all of which serve to cloud one's ability to observe the entailed alarming signal. The U.S. has experienced an additional 407,000 natural cause deaths above and beyond what we should have seen. And again, we showed you early on this one right here that we're, we're approaching a million deaths because of the missteps in this whole COVID circus. While no other public health entity appears able to or interested in tracking this critical epidemiological metric, we not only track its anomalous magnitude, but we at the ethical skeptic believe we know what is causing these ex excess deaths as well. In fact, the daily ICD 10 sub sub code and the U S uh, county is starkly indicative as well as condemning. And, and by county, I think he's talking about uh, there's probably a correlation between vaccination rates and these numbers that he's talking about. The higher the vaccination rate, the higher you get this sub-subcode of cancer where they're hiding the cancer deaths as COVID deaths. And in the places where you have lower vaccination rates, it's probably much lower is, is my guess as to what he's alluding to right there. No wonder the CDC is attempting to obfuscate it as it will serve to uh, infuriate those who, whom the CDC serves, the pharmaceutical cartels, of course. Yes, organizations of this type operate under extreme levels of conflict of interest and agency. In the immortal words of Bob Dylan, but you're going to have to serve somebody. Yes, you're going to have to serve somebody. Well, it may be the devil or it may be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. We choose to
to stand in the gap for those who cannot defend themselves. Such unequivocal inference regarding the cause of these 407,000 excess natural deaths, uh, natural cause deaths, will be the subject of our third article in this series, Houston, We Realize the Problem, a problem which is rising at 7,340 deaths per week as of October 8th, 2022, and more importantly, does not appear to be abating anytime soon. So there you go. I, I mean, it's just, it's fraud top to bottom. And I think he just did an incredible job here once again of really taking their their data and ripping it to shreds with their own data, right? I mean, he used their sources and showed how they've implemented policies. They used this upgrade. That whole thing was a lie. And it was used for them to go in and start manipulating the records, putting in a new system that allows them to game and do this categorical gaming. And they've been doing that ever since to cover their tracks. They are literally going to gaslight you into a grave. So there you go. And that's where I want to leave it. I don't know if you guys have anything you want to say. I haven't had a chance to read these comments. Uh, Exact same here in Australia, all fraudulent cover-up. Yeah, absolutely agree. Uh, I believe justice has begun. It's just behind the scenes. Never again will will we tell the public what the military is doing. You know, I'd love for the whole Q stuff to be real. There's some interesting things happening with this case that uh, some of you guys, some friends pointed me to, and uh, Jason at four has been talking about it as well where you have these pro se defendants, meaning they're, they're acting as their own lawyers, essentially their own, they're, they're representing themselves, even though they're not accredited or bar associated, whatever. And their case has been accepted by the Supreme court and they are writing up, you know, various motions and so forth. And the Supreme court clerk, I think, or uh, somebody that works for them called them and asked if they could get their arguments to the court sooner. Like they want to act on this. And what they're doing is pointing out that they had a duty to investigate. And all of these people from Biden on down talking hundreds of them didn't do that. And the Supreme court might actually have the ability to like, boom, they're done. And you know, you get into Dick Allgaier and the whole remote viewing uh, crypto viewing that they do. Remember a year ago we covered it. They had the politicians walking around. What do we do? What do we do? So the last time we're going to meet and they were very troubled and didn't know what was going on. And you have all of Joe's dreams and so forth that he's been having about Clinton and, and Maxine waters and some of the others all getting taken down essentially. And this is the last time and who knows? I, I mean, I would love to see something like that occur, but I, I, I don't know. I got to stay skeptical a little bit here. Uh, listened and shared you for a couple of years. Haven't listened in a while. Only love here, but you're looking more and more like Weird Al, however you say his name. <laughs> All right. Okay. And Christy Alley, I guess she died from suddenly, I would imagine. Uh, Sam, thanks for going through this with us. You're welcome. I'm glad to do it. I think, you know, what he's putting out is just incredibly important. I think he is the, the 
I, I, I mean, he's doing some of the most important analysis of this whole entire COVID um, fiasco, right? He's put his data together. He's destroyed the CDC data and showed how they're intentionally lying to us and engaged in a cover-up. And with part three, I forgot what he said he's going to do. He's going to, I think, outline, we know we have a problem and this is what it is. We realize the problem. So, and that's where I think he's going to make the case that the vaccines are at cause for this thing. And that's probably going to get into sort of this staggered rollout and the breakdowns by age group, perhaps, or something along those lines. And I definitely look forward to it. And we'll do another uh, one of these videos once that's out. So anyway, um, that's it. I appreciate you guys listening. I hope you enjoyed this. And I will be back. I skipped last week because of Thanksgiving and I had my daughter this weekend. I managed to fracture a rib right here, <laughs> pushing a drill. I had a drill hanging a big sheet of plywood and it was bowed a little bit because it got wet, trying to get the screw to take. And I had it up against my chest and I'm pushing with my body and I think I cracked a rib. It sucks getting old. All right. Let me tell you. It sucks. All right. With that, I will catch you all next broadcast. Thanks, everybody. Have a great evening. rapper's gassing and every rapper's selfish every rapper's trapping and every rapper sells bricks the only saving i'ma do my part to help it they kill black the ripper and in my heart i felt it but it's hard though when everyone is brainwashed i'm trying to show you the way and you just want to stay lost give me an old school beat to spit pain on they put my friend on medication now he's not the same don i'm sorry but it had to be mentioned if he don't take tablets every day then he'll get sectioned and he don't get no love from his siblings Because they'll rather him trapped in the system Fuck the system, say it loud and say it proud I'm stuck in a matrix, I'm trying to make it out Has the world gone crazy, you ain't gotta ask They wouldn't serve me in a shop because I ain't got a mask Remember preaching to my friends in school times Telling them about GMO and fluoride The new world order is here, you better wake up And wearing a mask is a sign that you gave up Take that shit off your face cause Don't let them take your freedom like a cage bird Free the world that means I'm trying to save earth I'm too real to be living in a fake world Cause all this shit's getting to my head man In a pandemic but nobody's dead fam And none of this shit don't make sense The vaccine's coming like a mark of Satan Cause all this shit's getting to my head man In a pandemic but nobody's dead fam and none of this shit don't make sense The vaccine's coming like a mark of Satan I miss my dad, I wondered if we'll meet again 
All lies matter fam, not just BLM And I don't hate any race, I love all colours Stop being ignorant because we're all brothers Free June Asaji hasn't done nothing wrong And tell Matt Hancock to go and suck his mum I trust fruit and veg, I don't trust the NHS Tupac was killed off, he didn't fake his death I'm sick of the media and the government Always lying to my people, I've had enough of it But so much trust in the system that your sense gone Now they won't accept my cash in a restaurant Things are changing over a virus I can't even fly, it's got me thinking about Cyprus Nowadays I can't go shopping without an argument I see why Guy Ford tried to blow up parliament Cause all this shit's getting to my head man In a pandemic but nobody's dead fam and none of this shit don't make sense The vaccine's coming like a mark of Satan Cause all this shit's getting to my head man In a pandemic but nobody's dead fam And none of this shit don't make sense The vaccine's coming like a mark of Satan